Hello and welcome to the Antioch Dallas Life Group Leader Podcast. My name is Joe Polino and I serve as Life Group's pastor at Antioch Dallas. And if you're listening to this, more than likely you are a Life Group Leader or a Discipleship Group Leader out of church. And I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you um, to all you guys who are serving, who are opening up your homes or opening up your schedules to to love Jesus and love other people uh, and make disciples. And so uh, this podcast is for you. It's meant for your benefit to help sharpen you, to help add value to uh, your leadership and to your life group. This is actually part three of a five-part series on discipleship groups or d-groups as we call them so in this series we're helping you as leaders learn how to lead a discipleship group and and as a reminder a d-group is a smaller guy girl group normally about three to five people that is within a life group and it's where you meet to regularly uh, love encourage and challenge one another to grow as a disciple of jesus and then to pass it on to others as well so last time we began to go through four core practices of discipleship group. And so if you've been around Antioch for a while, you know, a another framework that we're familiar with is the look up, look in, look out framework of looking up to God, looking into um, our group, ourselves and looking out. That's a great model. We are learning about a different model called CORE, which stands for confession, others, reading and responding and encouragement. So we are encouraging and asking discipleship groups to try this framework for for your meetings uh, when you're with your D group because it's simple, it's memorable, and I think it emphasizes some of the practices that usually get um, left out or cut off unless we're just being really intentional. And we sense the Lord saying that this is a year for us to be sharpened by one another, be sharpened by the Lord in um, not doing a new thing in that discipleship groups are not new to our church, but making them sharper and more effective. And Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. So last episode, we hit on the first letter of core, which was confession. Now today, we'll be diving into the second letter, which is O for others. Others. What is the others practice? Well, when we practice uh, investing in and looking at others, it's making what is important to Jesus important to us. So what was important to Jesus? In Luke 19.10, Jesus said of himself, the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And in Luke 4, toward the beginning of Jesus' ministry, um, we read that he had just finished an evening of of healing every sick person who was brought to him. Every sick person in the area that was brought to to, to them, it says that he healed them. And so then the next morning, the people were looking for Jesus and he was nowhere to be found. He'd gotten up before they had all gotten up and he was spending time alone with God. And when the people found him, they tried to get him to stay. But Jesus said this in Luke uh, 4.43. He said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns also, because that is why I was sent. So Jesus came to seek and save the lost. And Jesus was sent by God the Father to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom to others, to other towns. He knew why he'd come, and he also he loved and pursued the lost. It wasn't out of uh, a sense of duty. Um, we read in, in Mark chapter 9 that it, it, he had great compassion on the crowds. 
And so as disciples of Jesus, we want to be about this as well, right? Uh, not only because Jesus valued it, but because it was his last command to the disciples in the Great Commission to go and make disciples of all nations. So we want, uh, it would be odd if we were a discipleship group that didn't also value making disciples. It's kind of like a book club that doesn't read. Um, so we want to, to be about what Jesus was about. And I think most listening to this would agree as followers of Jesus that you want others who are far from God, uh, you want to be a part of partnering with God to see them brought near to God through Jesus, through the gospel. And, and just a reminder, it's not our responsibility to open their eyes uh, to see who Jesus is, but it is our responsibility to be people who share Jesus, who are ambassadors of the kingdom, and we have the good news of our king on our lips. Uh, we have the good news of Jesus exuding from our hearts and from our um, our attitudes and, and the way that we work and we do good deeds so that our Father would be glorified. Uh, I think we, we would agree that, that, that we would want to be ministers of reconciliation, telling others how to find peace with God through Jesus. Uh, we want to see people's lives rescued from sin and from hell. We want to see Jesus get the glory that he deserves, right? I think we would all say, yes, sign me up for that. So then why is this so hard to actually do? Why is it so hard? Why is evangelism so hard? Why is praying for the lost something that we often leave out? Uh, well, I can speak for me. I often feel like praying and sharing about Jesus with others. It's kind of like going to the dentist. Uh, it's needed and important to do, but it's not fun. Uh, it's often painful and it's cost. Uh, it costs me resources and it costs my time. And that's just honest confession. Sometimes I feel that way, and this is not how it's supposed to be. So if what I just said kind of resonates with you, and you're like, yep, I, I feel like that sometimes, hey, uh, praise God, we can see the check engine light together and look under the hood at the problem. Um, so let's just identify some common problems. So what what is a problem that we often face? Well, one is simply that evangelism is hard. It takes wisdom and it takes courage. Proverbs 11.30 says, He who wins souls is wise. So the gospel on one hand is simple enough for a child to understand it. But on the other hand, each person in each situation takes wisdom. Because each person in each situation is different or unique. And we need to have the wisdom of God to know how to apply it. So often it's simply we don't know how to do it. We don't know what to say or when to say it. And so the problem, the first problem is that sharing our faith is hard. And because we might not know what to do, it discourages us from even uh, praying and reaching out to others. So that's the first problem um, that I often encounter and maybe you do as well. Another problem, number two, is uh, the problem of the busyness of life. So sometimes we're doing good just to hold down our, our job and our responsibilities just to put food on the table, um, but we don't feel like we have anything left over uh, to to contribute to. And, and as a result, we continue to follow Jesus in many ways, but focusing on others gets left out. And slowly, what begins to happen is our joy and our faith in the gospel also gets choked out. Like weeds coming in around a plant or thorns coming in around a plant, uh, is how this eventually goes. And Jesus actually described this in the parable of the four soils in Luke eight fourteen. Jesus said, 
The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they're choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. So I think problem number two is common to everyone listening to this, and and I know it's for me, is that busyness, the cares, worries, and pleasures of this life, if we're not careful, can be a deterrent from us focusing on others, and it actually says our faith stays immature. And so we don't want that. That's definitely not why we're in a discipleship group. We want to mature in our faith. We want to grow in our joy and in our maturity to Jesus. So we need to recognize that busyness is a problem. And the last uh, problem I'll share, there could be several hurdles, but this one is simply that um, we see people or problems as big and we view God as small. And really when I when I experience this, where I see you know, maybe this person and their um, heart towards God just seems so far gone. Or, man, when I shared uh, with that person, that hurt. I was like, they verbally punched me back. Like, they uh, they hurt my feelings. I did not like that. So, I don't know if you've ever experienced that. But uh, you begin to view, like, man, this is just impossible. And you forget that God is bigger um, than any suffering you encounter or any problems. And so, you begin to essentially have unbelief. And so I think that's one of the other problems that we just need to be um, aware of is that these can be things that prevent us from from actually stepping out and sharing with others. So so what do we do? Let's, let's spend the rest of our time focusing on solutions and how D groups can help with these things. One of the parts that I love about the core model is that we focus on praying and talking about pursuing the lost every time we meet. So every time we meet, we're, we want to talk about Hey, how are we how are we doing with the people that we identified and and so we need we need the wisdom of God we need the spirit of God um, we and we need each other to help out in in staying sharp and actually doing what Jesus called us to do. I need a brother in Christ to ask me how it's going, uh, loving and praying for my neighbor that I told him about. I need it. I want it and I need it. I need that accountability in my D group. And I also need to hear stories about sisters in Christ in another group, D group or in my life group that are interceding in prayer for friends, for coworkers, for whoever God puts on their hearts to come to faith, that they are believing big prayers. I need to hear that because that encourages my faith. And I also need to be reminded that nothing is impossible with God. I need to be reminded to, to persevere. Do you know research has shown most people take an average of two years before they decide to follow Jesus? Man, in in my experience, it can sometimes even take much longer than that. And so I need people in my corner encouraging me um, to not give up and and to just continue to see God as big, um, bigger than even the, the hardest heart or the biggest problem, and just to continue to persevere, even through suffering, to see like, man, I'm, I'm partnering with something that's so near to God's heart, and um, I can even rejoice um, in that. And so I did want to share one big part of my, my story is how uh, discipleship groups and life groups, they really helped me to persevere in believing for my brother to come to faith. Um, my brother, he, he goes to our church. He's, he's nine years younger than me. And we always had a good relationship um, pretty much ever since uh, we were kids. We had a lot in common, loved sports, loved to play video games, throw the ball around. Man, we just loved being together, even with the age gap. Uh, because I loved him, I wanted him to know Jesus. And we grew up in a family uh, you know, where, where faith was talked about, but Man, I just prayed that he would not just have a uh, 
a mental kind of assent or acknowledgement in God, but he would he would know God and that there was a calling on his life. And so I, I just had this burden to pray for him and shared that with my life group and close friends. And they were praying with me for my brother. Um, and uh, it took a, a, a while before any of those seeds that I planted, any of those invitations, <laughs> I, I gave him plenty of invitations to, when I was home over the summer um, from school or when I actually moved back to Dallas to, hey, we can go through a book of the Bible or go through, you know, this thing if you're interested or, hey, if you ever want to come to church. And uh, I mean, he was real polite about it because we were good friends, but there was very little interest shown uh, in those things for a good while. I'd probably say around six years. But about the seven year mark, um, he was going through just a harder time in his life. And um, he began to take me up on some of those offers to be a part of um, going to church. And he actually was invited into a guys group um, at Antioch Dallas. And and through those relationships, not just with me, but with all those other guys and, and through those experiences, um, he began to see that God had actually been chasing him in more ways than he could ever see before for the last seven years. And he surrendered his life to Jesus joyfully. And he's a follower of Jesus now. And so it's just such an encouragement to me to to look back on the the people who had a part in helping me not quit and helping me continue to have faith for him. And uh, yeah, so we need it. And I think it's just uh, so important for this to be a part of our discipleship groups and our church is that we would be a community of faith that's encouraging one another to keep going, to keep loving, and to keep praying for those who uh, are lost and that our hunger would grow to see more and more people come to faith who've never had faith in Jesus, who've never known Jesus, who've, who've never heard the gospel before, or they've never believed the gospel before. So I'm real fired up about what the what the Lord wants to do with this particular part of core, this O part. Um, but how do we do it in groups? Well, again, I just want to keep keep it simple. Uh, just give you, <clears throat> excuse me, three pointers here on how you can do the others in your group. Um, so it comes after confession. So after you've done the confession part, which if you want to listen to that, I encourage you to listen to the one before this, the episode before this. But when you're doing the others part is the first thing is when you're doing this with your group for the first time is you want to help them to identify one to three people God's highlighting them to pray and believe for. Uh, So if I was doing this with you, I would um, say, hey, it could be a family member. It could be a coworker. It could be a neighbor. Um, If you have kids on a sports team, it could be another family in your sports team or, or it could be the whole sports team that you just feel like you want to be open and aware it, it can be a lot of different people. Let's take some time to wait on the Lord and ask Him to highlight a few people. Um, and so I'd lead them in a time of, of doing that and writing them down. And um, if I was leading it, I'd call them, okay, these are our, our VIPs. These are our very important people um, that we're going to, as we're meeting in our D group, we're just going to check in on our VIPs and say, okay, How's it going? Any updates with these people? So that's the first thing is identifying people to pray for consistently. And the second thing is to pray for them. <laughs> so after you've identified for them, every time you meet, let's pray for them. Let's pray for them to know uh, know God. Let's pray for them um, to to be brought near to God. And, and you can pray what's on your heart, but sometimes uh, you need a little help in knowing what to pray 
and on the discipleship guide at makedisciples.co, um, there are scriptures there and sample prayers to help you in your prayer life. And uh, man, it's so powerful to get to pray the word over somebody. Um, and so that's just an easy win right there. If you guys go to makedisciples.co, go to the discipleship guide, pull up these prayers to pray for people, and you spend time doing that in your group, man, that will um, be a fruitful uh, way to spend your time. And then lastly, the third thing is just as we're doing this is to encourage and challenge one another um, to obey. You know, the Great Commission is to make disciples, you know, of all nations and to teach them to obey what Jesus commanded. And, you know, obey kind of gets a bad rap um, because it's almost like, you know, you should do. But let's do let's obey because we want to. Let's obey because, yes, when we when we step out in faith, there is um a high chance, in fact, Jesus guarantees at some point we're going to face hostility for what we're saying. Because the gospel, on the one hand, is sweet aroma to some, like it says in Corinthians. On the other hand, it's like the smell of death. <laughs> so um, so there is a risk involved. And I want to be honest with you about that. But let's not focus on the hostility part. But let's focus on the fact that God said says that there is hungry. There are hungry people on the other side. So as we wrap up uh, this episode, I want to remind us, let's make what's important to Jesus also important to us. Let's be disciples um, of Jesus who believe um, that God is big. Uh, he's bigger than the problems and people uh, in our world and in our time. Uh, and let's be a people who speak hope um, and we pray for people um, to come to know Jesus in our D groups. And um, yeah, so love you guys. So thankful for you. I hope this has been an encouragement. And just as we close, want to remind you every time uh, that Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. And he says, and I am with you always to the very end of the age. And so uh, with those two promises, let's go forward into this new year, um, excited and full of faith for what he's going to do. Love you. Talk to you next time.